Welcome, avid listening audience and undead participants. This is another episode of Kyle Copeland's Revolving Door, the variety podcast for an ever-changing cast of the same hosts talk about different subjects that they have opinions about, or maybe just heard of, and laugh too much at their own jokes. Every single episode, we cover a specific topic inadequately and guarantee that you'll wind up where you started, but something will be different. So in this episode of the pod, we're going to be talking about near-death experiences, maybe. Uh, so here's the question. Is there life after death, or is it just a DMT trip? Or is it just a ploy to write a travelogue bestseller of heaven or hell, if you're that one unlucky guy? <laughs> Here to totally butcher this eschatological question to the glory of Kyle Copeland, praise Kyle. Praise is, Kyle. Praise Kyle, indeed. Is uh, Clark Markson. Uh, Mr. Hello. Markson, I'd like to say hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll let me say it one more time. Hello. <laughs> ah, thank you. That's good. That's good. Would you like to say it one more time? Hello. Oh, you're so good at that. All right, we also have uh, Eric Perrier. That's me. And I'm your host, Rodion Raskolnikov. You struggled with that name there a little bit. Rodion. Uh, I've struggled ready, with my, on. my life. Yeah, that was one of those jokes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Clark Markson, I, I'm told that you've had several near-death experiences. Would you care to open off the show by sharing one of those? <laughs> with, with us? Um, yes. Um, I've never had any out-of-body experiences, but... Okay. Maybe That's one day. A distinction. Um, um, I did go down a hill on a bike that the brakes weren't working. <laughs> a- and so, I don't know. Maybe I'm stretching the near death. Um, let's see here. What other ones? Um, wait, wait. So, so tell me a little bit more about this experience with the bike and the hill. Uh, so we're calling this the near death experience, but you do make a distinction between near death and out of body. Uh, I heard you make that distinction. Is that right? Yeah. I, um, I, uh, I I just went down the hill and I didn't have brakes and I saw like 18, it's like dead in and on the major highway and I saw 18 wheeler. And so I was able to do this incredible dismount where I went over the front of my handlebars. Oh. But, um, um, but you know, it was all was fine. Um, it certainly could have been a lot worse, but, um, I, I think I entertained everybody around me, but, um, Okay. Uh, I, I guess when I think of near death, I think of those people that were like, I don't know, they were unconscious for a certain amount of time, you know, and like maybe, you know, medical science would say they shouldn't have made it through it, but they did or, or, you know, or they were very close or something like that. So, yeah, sorry that I realized I don't have any cool stories like that. I can make one up if you want me to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, well, well, thank you for your candor. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's what I'm known for. Just, I know that uh, our our esteemed uh, uh, our, our esteemed uh, hedge fund manager Kyle Copeland has uh, has said that that liars do not inherit the hedge fund. Please, Kyle. <laughs> that's one of the top ten principles of Kyle Copeland, as far as I understand. It's one of my favorite ones. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of ten principles, uh, Eric Perrier, I hear that that you're uh, quite a quite a certified and knowledgeable person when it comes to, uh, well, maybe not near death experiences in general, but the book Spook, which is about them. Would you care to uh, share some of your uh, your knowledge and your reactions to the the book Spook? Oh wow, an expert, a principal expert. That's that's quite that's high praise. That's high praise. Yeah, it is indeed, <laughs> and you deserve it. You deserve it, Mister Carrier. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say either that I deserve it or that I'm an expert, but I did <laughs> I, I did read it, or rather, I did have it read to me on Audible. Um, the book is called Spook. It's by Mary Roach, subtitled um, Science Tackles the Afterlife. And in it, the author travels to different countries and explores different religions and religious experiences. Um, and she does mention near-death experiences um, kind of in conjunction with reincarnation. And it was pretty interesting. There is some sort of, and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember any specifics. I don't, can't give you any, any uh reference points for the book itself because like I said it's an audio book if you want me to play it over the um, podcast it's only f- like seven hours long um, oh, okay well that that might be good for our listeners we can we can listen to the book together and then talk about it uh, yeah. you know maybe we can plan for that on another episode maybe okay yeah I'll, hey, I'll hold that hey I didn't realize that um, Mary you said Mary Roach yeah or, um, I read. I've read one of her books. It was really? called Stiff. Yeah, and it was about about what you do with a body after death. Yeah, like, I saw different that in the ways series. to do it. It's real. It was a really interesting. So I'll have to read Spook now because I really liked the way she covered that topic. Did she talk about? Was it just kind of purely like scientific? Like yeah, no, yeah. It was like different options like it's the chapter was on that that um school in tennessee i believe where they do forensic science on okay. people who donate their bodies and then other chapters were on like that exhibit you know oh, where yeah. um where they have human bodies sort of on display yeah and um I, anyway it was is interesting um it was an interesting uh read on just sort of the different different options for what can happen to your body after death yeah, well, they she talks about in this book, um, and that's what I like is it's it's very scientific, it's very science based. Um, yeah, she talks about a um, an experiment, a series of experiments that were done at some school where they would um, this person who had, I believe, it had near that experience um, somehow acquired this way of uh, almost like a not telepathic ability but they would put this person in one room and have them uh have somebody else in another room show different flashcards or play different flashcards and this person that was in a separate room could tell what flashcard was being displayed it's were like they twins they... no no it was like one guy oh. no no yeah yeah it... no no yeah yeah no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. But um, it was weird, and like, like, how did they have like? Did they know each other, or was it just sort of? No, they didn't know ability? each other. It was just another researcher that was in a room with. Oh, okay. With like pictures, and this guy could uh, basically claim to do the thing where he could be in a different, like, have an out of body experience and 
see in a different room or see somewhere else. Than where That's like was. the men who the men who stare at goats. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic here, but sorry, yeah, sorry. No, no, keep keep going. This is this is very interesting. Well, I have an idea to bring it back. Um, either of you have watched the OA on Netflix? No. No. I haven't. What what does OA stand for? Original Angel, I think. Um, mm. It's about this girl who, uh, I mean, it's, it's fiction, so I don't want you to think it's like a documentary when I start to tell this, because that would be really fascinating. Um, this girl disappears when she's a child, um, and she shows back up as an adult, and she's blind, and they're like, what happened to you? You're blind. And then she has a near-death experience, and she can see. And it turns out that she had another near-death experience as a child, and it blinded her. And every time she has this near-death experience, she goes to this like limbo place where she meets what I guess is an angel, um, and she acquires a new ability, I guess you can say. Throughout the show, she teaches her friends or, or a group of people that have been kidnapped with her. Um, this guy kidnaps these people and makes them have near-death experiences to see into the afterlife. And every time they have one, they they learn a new, basically like a dance move. It's like a, it's called the movements, the five movements, and they have to learn all these movements in order to get out of this. Like they can alter reality once they know all the dance moves. It sounds really weird, but it's really good, and it's got Phyllis from The Office in it. Okay. So. Well, that that sold me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You can look up the dance moves on YouTube. There's this person that's really passionate about them, and she actually led like a, a a dance display in front of Trump Tower to get rid of negative energy. And it's really it's really silly to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, wasn't there uh, in that book? Wasn't there another uh, similar experience to the one you were talking about with the the guy that could read cards or 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 you know, things that were in another room. Mm -hmm. I think I remember there being a story of a woman who died on the operating table. And she said that she floated out of her body and then floated up several floors through the hospital and, like, was talking about different people she saw and different things she noticed about them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then in that story, the, the fascinating thing... Because there's all these theories that a lot of out-of-body experiences where people say they say they see things in, in rooms and stuff. They say that you saw it before you went under, mm -hmm. uh, before they put you to sleep. Oh, and yeah. Your, your it, mind kind of remembers those things unconsciously. So you think that you're going out of your body and you think you're seeing them now, but you actually just saw them then. Mm -hmm. And fascinating thing about the woman's case was that she's floating up out of the hospital and she goes through the roof up into the sky and she notices a single shoe mm -hmm. on the roof of the building next to the hospital but then she's woken up you know she says i died i was going to heaven but then you know i got sent back and i woke up in my body and she's talking about this and interestingly enough they go up on the roof of the building next door and surely enough there's the shoe yeah <laughs> yeah so she wouldn't have seen that 
no way she could have seen that before the surgery unless she was just a roof prowler <laughs> by night, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always very skeptical when... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, bring but, it on. I, I was always very skeptical of these books that came out like... Like, I think one was made into a movie recently about a kid who spent some time in heaven or whatever and then and then came back. You know, I was always the biggest skeptic of those but i guess if you look at like things like that like i know like that that kid sorry i can't think i think it's like 90 minutes in heaven is that the book i'm thinking of do y'all know like that yeah yeah we we, we, we can keep it vague they're they're okay (laughs) well i I, i'm always really skeptical but then he, he does have some things like he comes out of that whatever happened and he can list off like relatives that he never knew or facts about them or you know like stuff that's hard to explain you know i i get i get the aspect that like you might have access to different parts of your memory that you don't have you know like you might be recalling facts that you'd forgotten or something like that but but then then when something like that where it's like well that's not something you had any intake you know beforehand yeah so i don't know i don't know what to think of those experiences it is very interesting. Erica, Perrier, what's your just, just, you know, intuitive reaction when you hear these kinds of stories? Honestly, at this point, I kind of think everybody's full of it. Um, except in the case of Spook, where, um, to kind of have more substantial information. But, it, like, referring to the books, I mean, I read one of those seven books. I definitely read the Hell book. Um and I don't know, it's, I don't know, I guess I just have trouble believing these people. It's almost like a TV psychic, you know? Yeah. And, and that's not to say that I don't believe Which in the supernatural. Which means that they're very credible, those TV psychics. Right, yeah. right, exactly. But at the same time, I, I believe in a lot of supernatural things, and it kind of seems silly for me to say that one's true and, and, and another is not. But um, I guess being skeptical until you have reason not to be is kind of a safe safe zone for me. Well, I think yeah. we've covered a whole lot of ground in this uh, this episode. So far, we've talked about uh, Spook, which uh, has a lot of information about the afterlife and near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences. We've made a distinction between out-of-body experiences and uh, not out-of-body experiences. And uh, we've talked about Mary Roach's other book, Stiff, which has a full death experience in it, too. <laughs> uh, I wanted to bring up an interesting thing that uh, m- maybe uh, it's, it's kind of a side path, but, you know, just get you, both of you esteemed colleagues, you you know, my colleagues, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of riff on this a bit, there's, uh, there is some scientific and chemical uh, evidence that suggests that a lot of uh, the chemicals released uh, under under extreme stress and especially at the time of you know receiving fatal wounds and things like that cause uh, intense hallucinations in order to distract the body from pain mm-hmm. and uh, there's an incredible amount of cultural influence so we talk about going to the light at the end of the tunnel so much which makes it very likely that you know a western person that's heard that cliche over and over again throughout their life if they have a near-death experience they're going to see a tunnel and a light mm-hmm. just because that's what they've heard to expect. What do you think about that? Do you think that there there's any kind of 
uh, I, I don't know exactly how to pose the question, but is there a light at the end of the tunnel, or are we are we all just tripping? I I think I I sort of I don't know. I feel like the mind is very complex, and like um, I I don't know. You know, I will probably it'll probably I don't know that humankind will ever fully understand it, and so I I tend towards lead towards that explanation because i feel like a lot of time these stories might come from all these past experiences and memories you know and then they all come together and produce you know or maybe your way of making sense of it the hallucinations or whatever is to look back on these past thoughts or whatever you had mm -hmm. that's what i i, I sort of tend to lean towards that yeah i i think I, I would agree with you um i've heard the is it is it, is it dnt is that what it's called? DMT. Yeah, um, and I know the Fear Factor guy is Joe Rogan. Is that his name? Uh, di, di meth, methyl trip to to pen in me. DMT. DMT. But I, I've seen some kind of documentary about it. They had the Fear Factor guy, um, who was like really preaching the gospel of DMT. Um, but he had, like, taken it. You can take, like, supplements of it, which is a little creepy. Um, right. And uh, kind of have hallucinations, like you said. Um, and in the documentary, he mentioned, like you said, about the light at the end of the tunnel and how it literally... Um, like you, you hear people who are like, well, all these people see the same thing, a light at the end of the tunnel... And then he kind of posits the question or the theory that a high dose of DMT at death will kind of make you, we kind of give the same reaction in everybody of seeing this bright light, uh, basically. I mean, it's more complicated than that, but there's that. And then people also talk about seeing big cities and castles and that sort of thing. And like I said, that's probably a really cultural. And when you kind of look into whatever religion in in our case probably we're, all three of us are more familiar with the christian uh tradition but when you actually start doing research about what is talked about about the afterlife in christianity and then comparing it to what people claim to see uh, in reference to the christian tradition afterlife then sometimes it doesn't always jive up and you kind of think well maybe it's like the paradise lost thing where we're getting we're getting an opinion about heaven that wasn't from scripture is kind of from, like you said, culture or the things people have told us. And that makes yeah. me think it's more of like a, a hallucination. Yeah. I wonder, I don't know. It just, yeah. It just makes me wonder if like, if you're just, if you're tripping out, if you're just trying to make sense of things, you know, like if, if you're, I don't know, if things get really weird. If you're just, using whatever you can to try to make sense of it. You try to manipulate it into to something you can comprehend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and I I agree with Senor Perrier. Perrier, <laughs> Perrier whatever. <laughs> My apologies for mispronouncing your How name. How dare you? <laughs> Perrier, right? Perrier. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I, I do believe in, you know, some supernatural things, but 
I, you, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just too much of a cynic when I've seen all these books come out. <laughs> it seemed like there was a popular time to write a book about going to heaven and coming back. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do, I mean, what do you think, Rodion, with your your knowledge Rodion. and your Rodion? <laughs> um, no, Rodion. What is your What is your interpretation of the juggling of hallucination versus uh, spiritual experience? You know, I think that uh, uh, our esteemed colleague Clark Markson had an incredible point there. That, um, and uh, if you want to go theological on it, uh, people talk about uh, let's let's bring up the Book of Revelation, right? Because uh, any conversation automatically gets much more dicey when you bring up the Book of Revelation. <laughs> so yeah, the Book of Revelation in in the Christian New Testament. Uh, I haven't seen the original documents, but uh, <laughs> scholars I've read have said that, uh, unlike a lot of manuscripts for other books of the New Testament, uh, the book of Revelation, some of the earliest manuscripts, look like they were written in great haste. And uh, people make a lot of, of that little detail. Hmm. Uh, and and the, the typical uh, conclusion that's drawn from that is that the author was seeing things and was just frantically trying to write down as much as he could but you know it's just nuts this stuff that he's seeing and i think that uh mr markson uh had a very interesting point that it, it, when you read uh even english translations of, of the book of revelation in the christian new testament there's a lot of similes where he says what i saw was like this and um hmm. it was really big it's kind of like this you know and so he's basically saying, I have no idea what the heck I'm looking at, guys. <laughs> but it's kind of like this. And so it, it seems like uh, the, the writer of the book of Revelation has one of these experiences that Clark Markson is, is describing, where you're just like, I don't know what's going on, but I've seen gold before. So the streets were kind of like they were paved of gold. I don't know. It, hmm. it wasn't, but it looks like that. To, maybe you can get a picture like that. I, I can... I can put it in those words, and that sort of makes it comprehensible. But guys, it's crazy. <laughs> and, you know, and that's when, actually probably good news because you know there's other stuff in in that book about like, you know, things that have like lamb, goat heads, and lion bodies and stuff. And you're just yeah, like, yeah. I hope that's not what heaven is like. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to like read that and be like, yeah, this sounds really weird, you know. And but now I sort of agree more with what you were saying where it's like yeah he probably was probably was like well how do i write down what i saw to get the point across you know like you know like even just like the structure you know where it's like streets of gold or i think it talks about having like walls of some other mineral or something like that i remember thinking like that's a little weird you know <laughs> but <laughs> well let me ask you but, this oh, i'm sorry go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you there no i was just say i i just i I don't know. I sort of agree with that, or that's sort of how I view it now. You know, it's well, like he was trying to find a way to represent it in our understanding. Well, Clark, thank you for agreeing with my agreeing with you. That's very... <laughs> <laughs> that's very agreeable. Wow, that's, 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 that's deep. That's, that's just very humble. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Eric, you were going to say something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who, who wrote Revelation? Was it John? Presumably, yeah. John the Revelator. Um, 
That's right. Was he having a near-death experience? Well, hey, uh, that's a very, uh, I mean, that's that's a good question. Uh, so possibly. The, the, the church tradition says that uh, uh, John, and traditionally this is the, the John that, that walked around with Jesus and knew Jesus, although there's uh, some dating and other things that people are, there's debate, but historians debate about everything. Um, no, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, but yeah, the, the, the tradition says that it's, it's John the Apostle uh, who uh, they, they tried to kill him and couldn't, and so they exiled him to this island, and he was there by himself, and occasionally would receive visitors um, and letters from fans um, and people from the churches that he planted and stuff. And so he was writing this letter back to those churches to encourage them while he was in exile. Hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I think that one set of uh, traditional writings say that John actually got off the island and made it back to Ephesus. So, and then he lived happily ever after, kind of. Interesting. <laughs> Was there a smoke monster involved? Yes, actually. <laughs> I didn't realize I would have actually brought yeah. my Bible for this conversation, but yeah, there, there, there's a smoke monster in Revelation. It happened. <clears throat> Was there a swan? <laughs> and a polar bear? Yeah. Yes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we need like a Keanu Reeves woe right here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Put it in post. Yeah, you can you can insert that. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we have anyone else sitting in with us. Pretty good. We've we've gone from uh, near death, full death, uh, out of body, still in body experiences, uh, to uh, uh, psycho hallucinogenic drugs, chemical <laughs> bodies, uh, to, to the Bible. So this has been a good talk. Yeah. And Kiana showed up. So now let me ask you guys this. All right. Now let's get serious. Okay. Okay. Have you ever had? A near death or out of body or uh, oceanic experience <laughs> in the Jennifer Lawrence movie. In a what? With, Sorry. Jennifer, with Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence movie or maybe a Jennifer Lawrence interview or. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, she's. We're kind of getting back to tying it, tying it together. I mean. She is the most real person to ever exist on this earth. Just so real. She's so freaking real. And like tangible. Yeah. Real. Like, like that. Like that old uh, um, uh, Depeche Mode song. Reach out, touch me. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I mean your own personal your own personal Jennifer Lawrence. Someone who's <laughs> there. Someone who cares. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had any near-death experiences, but I really liked, uh, what's that uh, one with her and Batman? Um, American, <laughs> American, American something. Oh. oh. The heist, it was like a heist. Yeah. It was Bradley Cooper and um, the guy, Christian Bale, yeah. and her and Amy Adams. 
Did you see that? I didn't see it, but I know that's a really about. good movie. It's long. It's a really long movie, but it's Let's good. see what happens when I type in American Jennifer Lawrence on a search. <laughs> yeah. like, what other Jennifer Lawrences are there? <laughs> American Hustle. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, I mean, is, is she real or is it the DMT making us but want to believe that she's real? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Like in Passengers. Oh, my oh, gosh. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen Passengers. Passengers. All right, well, get ready for a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he's like about to kill himself. Because he's so lonely, uh-huh. and then he sees Jennifer <gasps> Lawrence. Oh my god! The whole movie's a hallucination. You wow! It. He he actually killed himself. That's that's the end of the movie. So is Jennifer Lawrence dead? Is she even there? Is that what Mother's about? <laughs> oh my! <laughs> what if all her movies tie together somehow? Praise J Law. <laughs> Tune in next week for a new exciting episode of Jennifer Lawrence's Revolving Door. <laughs> she's, she's she's actually, actually back in the recording booth with Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> you know Jennifer Lawrence's Revolving Door sounds appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> we're about we're about to get sued. <laughs> we said Jennifer Lawrence enough in the like ten minute period where it gets pinged on something. <laughs> I'll be like, who are these creeps talking about Jennifer? <laughs> well, how can we help it? She's so real. Yeah, she's too real to get mad at us. Let's get real, guys. She's real. Well, hey, yep. you know, if we do get sued, then maybe it'll get us some publicity. But you, <laughs> our loyal fan base, all of you who have been faithfully watching our Twitter and our MySpace page, and and just dealing with the silence we just want to give a shout out to you and around great Kyle amen woo praise yeah. Kyle Kyle alright do you, do, you, do you have any final thoughts to close this out Clark Mark um just uh go easy on the DMT if it's your first time <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, to play us out well um, I have a little bit of housekeeping Um, okay so as as Rodion Rodion (laughs) Rodion thank you for dealing with the silence if there is anybody out there um, and honestly if there is and you have been trying to communicate with us I haven't checked the email account in a while Um, (laughs) but uh Eric, what do we pay you for? Eric is like one of our three staff guys. I, I mean, it's my full-time job. Yeah. You know what? You know what this reminds me of is like that satellite that goes out into outer space and just broadcasts <laughs> something. I don't know why. I just got the picture of that when you're talking about like if somebody out there is listening. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens are listening to God Copeland's revolving door. <laughs> This is their yeah, interpretation of her. You don't know Jennifer Lawrence? She's so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. They're going to think Jennifer Lawrence is the queen of, queen of Earth now. Well, I'm okay with that. Isn't she, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's, it's between her and Taylor Swift. The, like, who controls the world, really? 
Oh, bitter rivalry. I don't that know. could be the next episode is we could like have a it'll be like a narrative thing. We read everyone the story <laughs> of the war between J Law and <laughs> have a Thunderdome type thing. One, two women enter, one woman leaves. <laughs> um, but thank you for sticking with us. Um, if again, if anybody is sticking with us, there's no way to tell. There's no way to know. Um, but um, the, uh, the the promise in the last episode. I believe. I believe. I, I believe. With all my heart. I want to believe. I want to believe. Um, but I promised on the last episode that uh, we're going to have guests this season, and we will. We had a guest last week, um, Cody from the podcast that Time Forgot. And it was awesome. You guys can go listen to his podcast. Um, I also have a couple more lined up, including, um, and, and I don't know if I can say his name. He's already agreed to the show, but haven't given it a t- haven't given an episode yet. But um, you may have seen him on TV a couple times or in a movie. Yes, we are going to have a TV and movie actor be on the guest in this podcast. I promise you. And so maybe we can, uh, we can get his opinion on Jennifer Lawrence. There you go. <laughs> theme, That's a good point. The theme of season two is now Jennifer Lawrence. Everyone's like getting some... really big fans. And Wait. we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, That's all uh, I have. Thank you for that, Eric Perrier. That's uh, very, very appropriate, very timely. Uh, Clark Markson, thank you for playing as well. Um, yes. I'm Rodion Raskolnikov, and uh, stay safe out there, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. La 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 Stevenson High. Very nice. Very nice. I'm the only one that sings. <laughs>